G'day and welcome back to Homestyle Green. This is episode two. Thank you very much for downloading. And thank you all to those of you who have uh, subscribed to this podcast. It's fantastic. I was quite excited last week when I saw uh, a few people subscribed straight away to the podcast and uh, without really any promotion at all. So very exciting and that's uh, encouraged me to um, carry on, which I was planning on doing anyway, but um, very nice to, to know that there's some people out there. Uh, interested in this content now um, I'm also interested to get some feedback on on sound quality and things like that I'm, I'm getting a, a little bit more comfortable with my uh, my setup here with um, I'm, I'm using garage band for, for people that are interested and and a few other bits that I've uh, cobbled together but uh, please if you do have some feedback then um, head on over to homestylegreen.com and uh, there's a feedback form there and I'd love to hear comments both on content, uh, questions that you might have but also on uh, the, the, the quality and the, uh, the, just the general structure of the show. Uh, that's about it for, uh, for an introduction so let's um, get on into today's topic. Uh, really want to pick up on what we started talking about last week which was uh, insulation uh, and, and I guess that the reason that I like talking about insulation or, or I think insulation is worth spending quite a lot of time on is just because it is so important now we, we I could talk for uh, quite a while about insulation and in fact I, I probably will uh, so what I was thinking was we, we need to start at uh, at the real basics so Rather than uh, jump in and start talking about different um, what to put in the ceiling, or because that's generally what people uh, think of, I, I'm guessing, um, we want to step right back for a moment and, and think about what insulation actually is. So that's the subject of today's uh, topic, episode two here at uh, Homestyle Green. We're going to talk about what ins- what is insulation, uh, how does it work uh, to keep us warm and to keep our houses comfortable. And what we're going to cover in, in this episode is a few things. First of all, we're going to talk about actual heat transfer basics. So uh, some bit of physics there. We're going to deep, deep dive into a little bit of, um, of physics, which is all good. We're going to talk about R-value, which I'm sure you will have come across if you, if you know a little bit about insulation or if you, you've looked into insulation. Uh, we'll cover some general types of insulation and that will lead us on to some of the, the materials that are commonly used to make insulation. Now this is all laying some groundwork because then we will move on to talk about uh, how, what we use to insulate our, our homes. We'll probably do that in the next episode. So this I guess might be a, a two-part series, uh, at least a two-part introduction uh, on insulation. So... What is insulation? Well, to answer that question, we really need to look at what insulation is trying to do, and that is to reduce the transfer of heat, essentially. Uh, So what is heat transfer? Now, this is where we jump straight into the physics. Now, um, heat transfer is basically what it says, self-explanatory, heat moving from one place to another. And uh, in terms of a, a house, uh, heat really has three main ways of doing that. Um, one is conductance, uh, the other is con- convection, and the other is, is radiance. So conductance is the one that we're really 
talking about in most cases when we talk about insulation. So just going into each of those, conduction, that's when something transfers uh, or when heat is transferred through a physical body. So the classic case, uh, the classic example is there, if you heat up something like a piece of metal, particularly something that conducts well, uh, copper for example, uh, if something is uh, heating the other end, so if uh, you have a, a small piece of copper and it's, it's being heated at one end, uh, eventually it's going to get hot at, at your end as well because that material conducts that heat. Um, the second one there that I mentioned was convection. Now that's, uh, that's what we a lot of heaters rely on. Convection is where uh, heat moves around the room um, essentially because of the, the uh, age-old um, saying that hot air rises and that creates a cyclic effect or a, a convection current inside a space. Now obviously that, that requires some air movement to uh, achieve that. Um, just touching on these very briefly at the stage, and the, and the third one there is radiance. Now, we'll, we'll pro we certainly will come back to these when we talk about heaters in, in a future episode because radiance is important for uh, radiator heaters. And that's where radiation uh, and radiance heating is really, really important for our, our comfort levels because that's where we uh, feel comfortable when heat is radiating, hence people, people with a, a radiator heater. Uh, is a very quick way to warm up and uh, the old sitting around the campfire is, is probably the best example of radiant heat it's that uh, the the wave radiation that's coming from a, a heat source and we're feeling it generally on our skin uh, directly uh, as heat now there's a fourth type as well which is a, is a real uh, culprit in, in terms of particularly heat loss but also direct uh, coldness coming into a a living space and that's drafts now that's again a whole nother issue but it shouldn't be underestimated the effects of drafts uh, and really that, that that's kind of a combination I guess of, of conduction in a, in a different uh, form um, but I just throw that in there because that it, it's not a, a purely physical form of heat transfer but it definitely is a method by which we lose heat from a, a living space and uh, probably more, um, what affects our comfort more is the fact that we, we feel coldness through drafts. So where does insulation fit in all that? We've, we've got four types of heat transfer there. Well, generally we're talking about conductive heat or reducing the uh, conduction of heat through the build, what we call the building envelope. Now, there there are some also other forms uh, of insulation that also rely on reducing radiant heat and uh, we'll cover those off when we get onto materials. Okay then, so if conduction is the most important uh, aspect of insulation or reducing conduction, then we need to know how to measure that. And the way we traditionally measure uh, insulation with respect to conduction is actually the inverse of conduction which is resistance. Now resistance is an interesting measure. Uh, the The common phrase is R value so when people talk about R value they're basically a, a shorthand for resistance um, resistance value. Um, R value is 
probably one of the hardest uh, standard units to get. Well, not the hardest, but certainly it's a it's a really hard measure to get yourself get your head around. It's at the at technical definition is meters squared Kelvin per watt. That's meters squared Kelvin per watt. Now, what the hell does that mean? Um, it basically is the the measure of thermal resistance. Now, the by far one of the best resources that I've uh, found for going into this in probably more detail than you would ever want to unless you were a physicist is Wikipedia. Wikipedia has an excellent page for uh, R value and uh, within that page you can find links to all the aspects related to R value and one of those is U value. Now U value and R value are essentially the, the inverse of each other so if you can picture R value being one divided by u uh, is that's what we we mean when we say it's the inverse, and, and u is essentially the conductance, and u is important because that's used more commonly when we actually calculate uh, the the total resistance of a building element, uh, and then you flip it over and uh, you end up with the the final r value of that whole uh, building element. Now. Going into a lot more detail than what most people need to know here, so that's uh, why I refer people to uh, Wikipedia, um, because that is an excellent uh, page, and uh, the benefit of that is no one's trying to sell you any insulation there, so you can you can go as deep as you like into the physics behind uh, R value and insulation. Now, what is important though is the uh, US units of R value because these are quite often stated without any reference to the particular unit that's are, that are being used, and generally how you can tell is by the scale. So the actual unit for US R value is feet squared Fahrenheit um, H, which is for hours. Sorry. It's so confusing that even I have to refer to my notes here. So it's feet squared Fahrenheit hours divided by BTUs. BTUs are British thermal units. Again, that just makes uh, my head spin trying to figure what that is because it's a, essentially a, a rate of heat transfer um, in the inverse. So what what what's the the point of all that the point is that if you're browsing around on the internet and you see a an r value that looks a bit odd for the area that you, you you're used to then you really need to think about what the units are that are being used for example the standard r value or the required r value uh where where i am right now in new zealand for the south island of new zealand the, the building code stipulates an R value of 3.3 in the ceiling. Uh, now that would be equivalent to an R value of a, around 18.8 or US units. So the conversion there is around about 5.7. So if an R value looks uh, either five times too big or five times too small than uh, what you would think would be sensible, then that is the reason why. For my purpose, I generally stick to the SI 
units or the the metric units um, primarily because that's what I'm used to um, but that's I, I guess just a, a useful note because there is a lot of information on insulation and R values on the internet so just be careful which uh, which units are being referenced and you, you generally can work it out uh, by the scale there now the the final thing I wanted to mention about uh, R value was something that really confused me when I was at university so uh, I'll, I'll do my best to explain it now when we're talking about resistance or conductance there is a measure of uh, resistance and then there is resistivity uh, and in the converse there are, there's conductance and conductivity now thermal res resistivity is the specific res resistance of a particular type of material and that's a useful measure if you want to compare say 100 millimeters of polystyrene to 100 millimeters of bulk wool insulation and the key is there that you've got a standard thickness of a product and the resistivity will give you an indication of how well that particular material performs as a uh, resistance material. Uh, re the R value, on the other hand, already has the, the thickness of the material built into the unit. So what that means for the consumer is that if you're comparing two products uh, with R value, to a degree, uh, for, for from a purely thermal point of view, the thickness of the material becomes irrelevant in the choice because you're really uh, seeing in that number how effective that that uh, that whole product is in in keeping you warm. So the bigger the number, the, the more the the uh, more it'll keep you warm or cool. Um, so it's already taken into account. So, for example, a a, a very dense, uh, good insulator may have an R value of one, let's say, and only be um, two inches or uh, say uh, five centimeters um, thick. Uh, and so that might have an R, that would have an R value of one. Uh, a different product, which is twice the thickness, may also have an R value of one. Uh, but that would have half the value of resistivity. Now, as I said, this is uh, getting very deep into the technical side of uh, the, the picture here. The good news is that because that R value does take into consideration the thickness, that's all we really need to uh, consider when we're comparing two different products because at the end of the day, it's that R value that's going to make the difference. Like I said, the higher the R value the more effective it's going to be as an insulator. Where that does, be, where the thickness obviously does become important is when we're looking at how th the how thick we, uh, the spaces that we, we have to fill. So if we have a closed roof or um, when we come to talk about walls, obviously uh, the, the higher the resistivity of a material, the better is because we can get a higher R value into a smaller space. Now, I... Um, 
that's a uh, if people want more information, like I said, head over to uh, Wikipedia because there's there's a heap of uh, really good information there, and it, it explains it uh, very very well. There's also some really good lookup tables where you can compare different types of materials for their uh, resistivity, and uh, fortunately, it gives you those values in both uh, US units and SI units, which is uh, it's interesting reading for those who want to delve in more. So that just about uh, covers it for heat transfer. Now, uh, and, and our value, of course, what I wanted to move on to now is uh, talking about different types, and, and I've, I've sort of alluded to this already, so I want to get into the two, two main types of insulation before we jump into discussing different materials. Really, there are uh, two categories, if you like, of uh, material. There's, there's bulk insulation and thin film insulation. And, and we're talking about uh, what we're talking about here is really the the insulation that we would expect to find in the main structure of the building. So I'm not really talking about windows at this stage, although that is uh, similar. So there's two categories, really bulk insulation, um, and and in the film side, the, the the most common one there would be foil. So with regards to bulk, if we look at bulk insulation first, a few types there. There are uh, they're basically divided into rigid insulation, which would be the uh, like polystyrene, uh, rigid boards, through to uh, semi-rigid, I guess, or um, blankets or bats through to foams, which are either sprayed in or uh, generally they're, they're sprayed uh, into a cavity and uh, also loose fill, which tends to be sprayed, either can be sprayed in or blown in uh, to, a, to a space. Now, um, the type of material... Sorry, the, the type of insulation uh, leads pretty closely to materials because generally the the uh, material determines the type. So, in in terms of the we look at rigid insulation first. The most common one there is polystyrene. So that comes in the form of expanded uh, polystyrene or extruded polystyrene. I won't get into the difference uh, just here, but polystyrene is the most common type of rigid insulation um, and certainly he here uh, in Australia and New Zealand it, it's a very common product to retrofit onto the, into the underfloor of a wooden house and it's also very common well, and is the, the typical solution for using underneath a slab, a concrete slab at the moment so you'd, you'd put down big sheets of, or well, either sheets of uh, firm insula, uh, white polystyrene and before you're pouring a, a concrete slab or, or in fact may even be quite large pods in a uh, what they call a rib raft style uh, foundation uh, so that, that's polystyrene uh, which is a little bit confusing because another uh, material is polyester and polyester is generally what uh, forms nice big white fluffy floppy uh, blankets and this is um, if it, uh, it's synthetic uh, duvets and um, some some of the big puff jackets things like that they, they've got essentially big fluffy bits of polystyrene and uh, sorry polyester uh, inside and 
that is a quite a popular sealing insulation material. One of the reasons it's popular is because that poly, uh, polyester can uh, be recycled. And indeed, a lot of the common brands of polyester insulation or bulk insulation are made from recycled materials. So things like old drink bottles uh, can get made into into that uh, polyester. Sorry, I've done it again. Polyester. Uh, in the same way that fleece uh, clothing might be uh, made from recycled bottles. That's polyester. Now the other one, really common one there. Obviously, is fiberglass. Now, fiberglass was definitely the, uh, the 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 king of insulation up until probably recently, uh, at least at least in this part of the world. And that has a very similar form in uh, to polyester, and it comes in big bats or blankets. And that's what we generally see. It's still a huge part of the market. Is typical um, fiberglass bats or or uh, or blankets and uh, another material that's being really commonly used particularly here in New Zealand is of course wool now uh, wool is a great product to use one of the key features of wool is that the fibers themselves are uh, um, it's a, a natural fiber and, and the way the the fibers are I was going to say constructed, <laughs> my engineering background, but uh, the, the way that uh, a, a fiber, a wool fiber grows is that the fiber itself uh, insulates. So the material may, will maintain some insulating properties regardless of the structure of the blanket or the bat that the wool is made into, as opposed to something like fiberglass which as it, as it degrades over time as the little fiber these pieces of glass fiber snap and break the the bat will, will gradually compress and you can see this in in houses if you go into a roof and it's 20 or 30 years old and uh what was previously really big light fluffy fiberglass bats may now be uh, very thin and and draping uh sort of over the the timber of the structure of the roof um that will probably happen with most bats but the the fact is that the fibers themselves may still might retain some insulating properties there are some other benefits to wool as well in that it uh proponents of of wool insulation suggest that it handles moisture a little bit better and by better i they imply that it, it has some additional capabilities to absorb and desorb uh, moisture and thereby control humidity which has also implications for helping with the main objective of insulation which is to control the temperature it's a little bit hard to prove that because the the tests for uh, insulation maintain uh, constant humidity so that sort of takes humidity out of the equation, but certainly that's not the case for real life. So there is an argument that to to be said for something that uh, does control that uh, the, the the flux of humidity in uh, a certain way. Um, and other people just like wool because it's a natural product. Having said that, most wool bats or blankets will have some. Uh, mixed in polyester or resin 
because it needs something to stick all those fibers together and maintain the structure. So it's very unlikely that uh, a wool product will be 100% wool. So that's something to bear in mind. And I've recently had a conversation with someone who had done a lot of research into this field and saying that from a pure environmental point of view, polyester may be a better option because it's a more pure product and therefore can be recycled uh, more easily. Uh, somebody else suggested, well, that's how can that be the case when poly, how can polyester be more environmentally friendly when it essentially come well it does come from a fossil fuel it comes from oil um, but uh, that's a very valid point that it's a it's a pure product and separating out uh, the the resins of the polyester from a, a wool bat may in fact uh, make it more tricky to recycle that and it certainly does make it more tricky to um, to say compost you wouldn't be able to just uh, Put, put the wool bat into a into a pile and, and it would rot down in like a, a pile of natural wool because it does have some of that essentially plastic uh, embedded into it. Um, so there's, there, there are like all of these products, there are lots of uh, considerations like that. In terms of loose fill, uh, like I said before, it, it tend to be a lot of cellulose products there. Um, there some, some loose fill is wool as well. So uh, wool that's gone through a different process um, but just blown little bits of wool that's made all fluffy and that's just blown into the space. Or maybe uh, paper or recycled paper. And again, the, these tend to also have other additives uh, and, and things in there to help keep some structure but also help produce the, um, the or increase the fire resistance of the material and also reduce... Um, things like rodents uh, that might decide to make their house uh, in in your house. Now, the one other uh, main material is foam, and I have to say that this is not an area that I have a lot of expertise in, so I'm not going to talk too much about it here. And I would really love to talk to someone who is more of an expert in this area but I know that there are various different types of foam some with uh, some pretty toxic materials in like formaldehyde uh, or and urea um, which is part, essentially the way they work is they go in as a, as a as a liquid and they expand into the space fairly much fairly well instantly you might, might have seen this and probably if you look on youtube you'll see some videos of this people um, spraying foam and it bubbling up like honeycomb either under a house or or into a wall cavity and then it sets uh, hard uh, like a rigid bat uh just uh apologies if this uh, cast is um a little bit broken up i just got interrupted by a very excited five-year-old so um I guess that's the joys of, of podcasting at home. Um, I will endeavour to uh, address that for future cars, but uh, apologies if we're, we're stopping and starting a little bit here. Um, I just want to finish off to briefly mentioning foil. Um, foil's a very interesting form of insulation, and it does, took me a little while to get my head around foil because it, 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 it's totally outside the mould in terms of the other bulk forms of insulation. Um, 
Bulk insulation essentially works by trapping air in the structure and reducing that uh, conductance by uh, keeping air in uh, a small amount of air in, in small spaces in the same way that our clothing generally um, traps air and keeps us warm. The main difference, well, foil is, is works in a completely different way uh, in that it relies on the shiny surface or a shiny surface to reflect the uh, the heat. Now, this is if we jump right back to the beginning where we talked about the three different main types of heat transfer. One of those was radiance, and that's one of the 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 things that um, foil relies on. And it is very effective in the right place and in if it's in good good um, condition. One of the problems with foil is that the effectiveness d deteriorates, uh, drops r dramatically if there's any deterioration in that shiny surface, which does happen after a time with things like dust or with some moisture. Um, and it's also quite a fragile material, so if it once it starts to tear, it tends to uh, um, tear fairly easily in the same way as uh, aluminium foil uh, tears, because it's essentially like that, just a slightly thicker. Um, there are some other uh, products which um, combine uh, some of these, for example, some foil-backed blankets or bats. Um, there's also a product which looks very much like bubble wrap. In fact, it's got essentially bubble wrap in the middle of a sandwich of bubble wrap between two layers of foil. Um, and there's probably a raft of others. But the, the main ones there that I've talked about are certainly account for the, the majority of the market here. And uh, I'm up, up to about the, the half hour mark. So I'm going to um, I'm going to cut this there and uh, we're going to come back and have part two of this insulation uh, discussion and talk around the where we'd put different types of insulation in a in a house. And that's it for Homestyle Green for this week. Thank you very much for uh, tuning in and downloading. And uh, I'm gradually adding some more material onto the homestylegreen.com website. That's homestylegreen.com. So head on over there and check it out. And uh, that's where you can also leave some feedback, um, write some questions, let me know what you'd like to discuss on the show or uh, comments on the show. It would be much appreciated. Just uh, one final notice this, um, before I sign off today. I've just come back from uh, the, the movie uh, The Lorax. And uh, what, what can I say? That uh, my five-year-old daughter loved it. Um, and I'm pretty much recommending it to everyone. It's very topical today, as, as I'm sure it was when the Lorax was originally written. And uh, yeah, gee, it'd be great for uh, everyone to see that movie. Uh, that's it from me. I'm uh, Matthew Cutler-Welsh, and this is Homestyle Green.